Welcome to the IoT Podcast Show. I'm your host, Beth Law, and you might have seen me before in our Women in IoT special, but when I heard that we were doing a paranormal show for Halloween, I just had to get involved. Today, I am joined by Rob, the founder of Ghost Gear Tech, a leading designer and supplier of paranormal investigative equipment. Rob, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show today. Thank you. It's uh, good to be here. Good. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well, thank you. Yourself? Good. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. Weird good. to be stepping into Tom's shoes again, but I think I'm, I think I'm ready for it. Oh, I'm sure you can pull it off. <laughs> so let's just dive right in, shall we? So um, can you give us a bit of an introduction into why you founded uh, Ghost Gear Tech? Yeah, so that's kind of been a long journey. So I, I grew up in a haunted house in Michigan. Um, that was a interesting home. Uh, you know, a lot of people witnessed a lot of things, including friends and family that, that came over and would spend the night. You know, we'd have cousins come over and spend the night and, you know, they would the next morning, you know, ask some weird questions about things they, they witnessed. Um, it, it didn't start until we started to renovate the house. After the renovations is when things started getting really weird in, in the house. My that's quite common, isn't it? Yeah, that you hear that a lot. That um, when mm. people you know renovate, that they kind of stir up some trouble, if you will. Um, my sister would see a little boy with no legs kind of float into her room. She saw that quite a few times. My my dad would see uh, shadow figures in the bedroom at night. And uh, a lot of times he thought it was my mom, you know, and because it, it was so solid to him. And, you know, the funny thing is, is he doesn't believe in the paranormal and he'll still tell you there's no such thing as ghosts. But then he'll turn around and tell you about all these shadow figures that he used to see <laughs> out in the bedroom. Um, and then I, I would hear it. Um, I've seen it. Uh, my mom mostly heard it whisper to her a lot. Um, I heard it whisper my name a lot, um, and then I had seen um, quite a, quite a few apparitions throughout the years um, in my bedroom. Um, one time I saw one that just kind of came right out of the wall, um, just like in a movie. It just came right out, the wow. shadow pit. And I'm laying in my bed, and I'm trying to figure out if what I saw was real. And this was in the middle of the day. This wasn't at night. Um, and I had a pet ferret and it moved over by the ferret and kind of leaned over a little bit as if it was investigating what the ferret was. And then it just kind of vanished. Um, another incident was I was laying in bed taking a nap. Uh, this was in my teenage years. And I'm notorious for having piles of change in different areas like on, on my shelf or on my dresser even now if you go in my bedroom i've got piles of change on my dresser um bad habit i guess but <laughs> I, I heard the change falling but i didn't know what it was at first you know i heard it heard a clink 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 and it was like water dripping from a faucet you know it was just driving me nuts so i got up to see what that was well it turned out to be change falling off my shelf hitting the floor landing on top of one another and as I investigated as to why they were falling, I noticed this figurine that I had was rotating. And as it was rotating, it was pushing that change off. And um, yeah, I, I got out of the house pretty quick after that and made sure to get rid of that figurine. So that figurine does not exist anymore. Uh, <laughs> 
Um, you know, an, another issue within that house that I remember, um, I was sitting in the living room and watching TV. And from my point of view, I could see the hallway. And from the right side goes into the kitchen. The left side goes up the stairs to the second floor. And I saw the two dogs. We had two small dogs, a toy poodle and a Maltese. And we saw them, or I saw them, run by and I heard them run up the stairs. Well, they're not allowed upstairs, so I went to go get them. When I got to the top of the stairs, I realized they were not up there. And then it dawned on me that the dogs were with my mom and dad. They were visiting in Tennessee, so the dogs weren't even at home. So to this day, I don't know what I saw run across the floor and then heard it run up the stairs. Um, you know, to me, I thought it was the dogs. That's what I thought I saw. So, you know, that that was, uh, you know, just some of the things that went on in that in that house. And after we moved out of that house, um, you know, nothing for years, no paranormal activity that I witnessed, you know, went on for years um, until I started going to paranormal active homes. And uh, then that's that's where I would witness some of the, the paranormal activity. Um, so how I got into it is my mom came to visit and she watches the ghost hunting shows and she watches dance shows. So I watched <laughs> Bit the of a strange hunt. combo there. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, um, she would alternate between the two as well. And I'm just, <laughs> why do you go from one to the other so quickly? Um, but she would uh, watch the ghost hunting shows and I'd watch them with her. And I got really curious about the devices that they were using and how how they thought that meant that there was a ghost nearby. So I went down the rabbit hole of, of researching these devices and um, you know trying to understand the, the basis of them and, and, and how they supposedly detect ghosts. And once I got a good foundation and understanding of that, I'm a mechanical engineer and I tinker with electronics. So I started building my own stuff uh, based off of my research and then I reached out to some paranormal groups and asked them if they wanted to try out my stuff you know try out the gear see if it works in the field if it does cool you know if, if not then I'd, I'd do something different and they liked it um, quite a bit and some of them were chapters so they had more than so it was like one group in Iowa and then they had a chapter in Tennessee or a chapter in Texas so they wanted more gear for their other chapters and then that's what led me into starting ghost gear um, i wanted to create new devices that were not on the market i did not want to be a me too company and just sell you know the, the same run-of-the-mill items that everyone else is selling i wanted to come up with with new devices and utilize uh, iot as well in my devices yeah because there's there's like a few kind of devices that are out there that get remade and redesigned constantly, but they're pretty much all the same premise, right? So you're kind of trying to stay away from copying those kinds of things and create your own stuff then. That, that's right. A lot of them are quite honestly, they're just a Junior Thurman stuffed in a box. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, Junior Thurman is a single antenna Thurman and it is a proximity sensor for the most part. And uh, what they do is, is they buy these kits called the Junior Thurman, and they're made for little kids, and you solder on the components, 
and you build this neat little device and you wave your hand over it and it makes some different noises um, and that's basically the premise of a REM pod and so folks have figured that out and they buy the junior Thurmans and they basically put them in boxes or stuff them inside a teddy bear and, and sell those um, and I, I wanted to get away from that and I wanted to create new devices using new technology to try and you know see if we can't bring you know the paranormal field into more scientific type research and data acquisition yeah definitely so is that kind of what made you decide to try out iot maybe in the in your work as well yeah yeah so for the iot side you know the big big thing there is connectivity right so you know i envisioned being able to blanket an entire house with devices that are all connected to one another and they're all sharing information and um you know that could be sent to your iphone and if one of them triggers then you could go investigate that part of the house um, or you could say there's a client that has a problem they believe their home is haunted and they're three four hours away and you don't want to drive you know round trip eight hours just to find out that there's nothing there mm -hmm. so what you could do is just ship them these devices and have them put them in strategic locations right and then you could monitor them remotely and see if there's any kind of activity and and then if there's activity then you can make that drive out there and, and do a more thorough investigation um, you know, that's another useful uh, way to, to use the IoT as well. So it would be like having another member of the team versus just another device, right? Yeah, that sounds fantastic. I mean, it's it definitely sounds different to anything that I've heard of before, you know, watching all of these shows, you know, like Ghost Adventures or uh, Paranormal Hunter, or I think it's called, or something like that. Uh, Most Haunted, they kind of use the same sort of tech but this is something that i haven't heard of before which is great um right. how do how do the devices detect the paranormal activity then so our our rim puck it uses uh, three circuits so it detects emf electromagnetic fields and it detects uh, motion um, using microwave sensing and then it also has a low battery circuit which is i think that one's critical because with the, the REM pods and, and similar clone devices, when the battery gets low, it goes crazy. And it can go crazy for hours. And you as the investigator don't know that, right? So you think you might be communicating with a ghost when in reality, you just have a low battery and it's acting up. So what we did is we put in a low battery detection circuit. So when your battery gets low, it shuts off the EMF and the motion detection and flashes a red light to let you know you need to change the battery. Um, so that, that's on the, the REM puck. And then we've got the ultrasonic motion sensor that uses ultrasound to detect motion. Um, you know, that one has gotten pretty good results out in the field. Um, We've, we've seen that pointed down a hallway where there's no one down the hallway and all of a sudden it starts going off. And the way I built it was it has ascending tones when something is moving closer and descending tones as it moves away. So you can hear which direction it's going. So some of the investigators would ask 
you know, the spear. They would say, could you take two steps forward and one step back? And then they would get two steps forward, one step back. And they would ask them again, you know, take one step forward, one step back, two steps forward. And it would mimic them um, just pointed down a hallway where there's no one, no one down there. And, you know, mirrors or, or glass doesn't affect it like an IR sensor would. Um, that's why I wanted to use the ultrasonic is there's really nothing that affects it other than sound. So unless you've got a bat flying around in the house, you know, there's nothing else that could set it off. Um, so that one we've had pretty good success with as well. That sounds so cool. Honestly, I, I kind of want to try it myself. <laughs> yeah. So um, your gear has been featured on Nick Groff's show, right? That's right. Yep. Nick, Nick Groff has um, used the prototype Rempuck on Death Walker, and he's gotten really good success with it. He, he seems to like it. Um, so, you know, we're, we're getting the word out and other, um, what would you call them, TV personalities are reaching out to me wanting, you know, some of the, the tech as well. And also, they also reach out to me wanting me to create, you know, new tech ideas wow. that they have that don't exist on the market um, and you know some of them I, I take and I, I you know get it going around in my head and I think about it and it's a pretty good idea and then some of them aren't aren't maybe feasible you know or they would yeah. be very expensive to build mm -hmm. um, but it, it is interesting that through through the REM puck and getting that to Nick Groff has helped kind of, um, you know, shine a light on Ghost Gear and get us our name out there. Yeah, I bet. So what's the most kind of noteworthy paranormal activity that uh, you or your customers have encountered whilst you've been using your equipment? Yeah, so um, one, my favorites is this music box that I made. It's capacitive touch. So whenever you touch it, it plays a little musical tune and it's a little white music box. Well, I test all my devices at my house. I don't believe that it's haunted. So I normally put a battery in it, turn it on and let it sit there. Cause I want to see if it's glitchy, if it goes off randomly, you know, and how long does the battery last? Cause I want it to be able to last at least six hours. So I'll set them down uh, by my desk and just sometimes forget about them. Um, and this music box, I took it to the, um, what is it? The McIntyre Villa in Atchison, Kansas. And I was unpacking. All the investigators were unpacking. We had uh, pretty much just gotten there and everyone's getting settled. And I pulled this out and I turned it on. And soon after I turned it on and set it down, it started playing music and it wouldn't stop playing music. And I turned it off and back on, set it down and it started playing music again. And all the other investigators were looking at me like, Rob, your stuff's junk. It's broke. It doesn't work. You know, turn that off, put it away. <laughs> and I'm like, no, this, it doesn't do this at home. When I'm at home and I, I turned this on, it doesn't act like this. So one of the other investigators leaned over, he was standing next to me. He leaned over and looked at the little music box and said, can you please stop touching that? We're trying to have a conversation. And just like that, the music stopped. And it wow. didn't go off again for the rest of the night. So that that, that was one that gave me chills. Um, and uh, I bet. Yeah. You know. I mean, the <laughs> the idea of a little tune playing, I think, sounds quite creepy. Yeah. Um, you know, like <laughs> when music boxes start moving in like horror movies and stuff. That right. that's kind of what I've got in my mind now. And 
Oh, a bit of a shiver. <laughs> well, we weren't trying to make them scary. What, what I was <laughs> trying to do is get away from the alarms that so yeah. many of the other devices have. Because, you know, they always say, come, you know, spirit, come touch this. It won't hurt you. It'll let us know that you're here. And then this alarm goes off. And I, if it were me, I would probably recoil and, and pull mm. back and so my thought is let it play music because music's a little more soothing and it's a little more inviting and the spirit may interact with it more than if you had some alarm blaring at them, you know, you know, that's just going to probably scare them away. And if they're an older spirit, they may not know what that is. Yeah. Right. It would definitely scare them away. So that's, that's the whole idea behind using music in my devices. Yeah. I've, I've kind of thought that myself before. I've been watching, uh, a show like Ghost Adventures and they'll say, come and touch this REM pod. And I'm like, well, they might not know what a REM pod is. Maybe you just say, come and touch this thing. And so that yeah. makes a lot of sense. And actually it probably is less less terrifying than hearing an alarm just blaring. I think that right. would probably frighten me if it was just coming out of nowhere, even, right. you know, investigating, kind of waiting for it to go off, it would still make you jump, you know? So yeah. the music is probably a much better alternative. <laughs> Yep, yep. And, and we, we tried to pick older songs. So we, we played Canon D, you know, that, that was written in the early 1800s. And mm -hmm. uh, Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star, that's also an older song. You know, songs that they may be familiar with. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, so what opportunities does IoT open up for paranormal investigation devices? So you, you've got a lot of groups that there's a phrase out there, para-unity. And a lot of groups subscribe to this para-unity, which means it's sharing of the information. And I think with IoT, you can create a device that will log data, can send it up to the cloud, and then you can review it at a later date. So you could log all environmental data. Um, you know, you could add on other sensors on there as well, like a random number generator. Um, you know, uh, infrasound detector and what have you. And all of that could then be kind of crowdsourced into the cloud and data analysis could maybe get in there. You know, folks that like data could get in there and maybe start to find correlations between the data. And, you know, maybe, maybe we get enough data to find out that it's not paranormal, that it's normal, and there's some phenomena that we didn't know existed, right? And, but without all this data, you know, we, we couldn't figure that out. And, and that's where we're at right now is we don't have a good way to collect data for, you know, the paranormal field. You know, mm -hmm. it's a lot of the devices out there are um, at that moment, you know, it triggers, it beeps, and, you know, that's it. It doesn't collect data and log data like a data logger would with time stamps and date stamps so that you can go back and look at it. Um, so that's one, one thing that we would like to do at, at Ghost Gear is, is create these little pods that log data, send it up to the cloud, and then that would allow other investigators to review that data and um, like I said, you know, run into or find maybe some uh, correlation that, you know, individual investigators might not see. But maybe if you look at all of the data, you know, you can start to, to see correlations. Mm -hmm. And that kind of feels like the natural progression 
to me of, of paranormal investigation? Yeah, I, I hope that it that it would be. The the issue is, you know, the paranormal field is kind of stuck in this I hate to say it, but kind of homemade device rut. Um, mm -hmm. and, and that stems from the early 1800s when each paranormal investigator would create their own device. And some paranormal investigators became famous based off the device that they created. You know, even Tesla and Edison created paranormal devices uh, for themselves. So there's, there's a bit of this, um, you know, homemade kind of, of love for their devices you know, they, they like to make a lot of groups still make their own devices, you know, mm -hmm. but the technology is getting more complicated. You know, you need to understand circuitry and electronics now if you want to really progress the, in the field and create, uh, you know, more de or create devices that are m more modern. Um, so that's where research and development comes in. And, and that's expensive and paranormal groups really can't afford that. So that's where. I think some of the companies need to step up and uh, do more research and development. You know, it, it's easy to copy another design and just clone it, but it's really expensive to do your own research and development into a new device. And that's that's kind of the barrier, I believe. Um, but that's what we're trying to do at Ghost Gear is, is break through that barrier and create new devices and try to bring the paranormal field into the modern era as far as technology is concerned yeah definitely and i mean even if it were to prove that what you experience is actually something scientific it would be far more interesting to know what those phenomena are and what causes it um, right. even if you are a skeptic right yeah no that's that's exactly right yeah if we could find out if, yeah, if there's a, a natural cause for it, that's, that's just as impressive as, mm -hmm. to me, that's as, as impressive as finding, you know, that it's a ghost, right? Um, so being able to explain it, I think is the most important thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, so where do you see technology going in the future for paranormal investigations? Well, I would like to see it um, improving, really. Um, but you know, again, it, it takes a lot of, of money to to get to that point where you have got research and development going on on new devices. Um, I so I see it moving more towards the IoT, um, the connectivity. Uh, you know, the, so many so many groups out there. Like I said, they make their own own devices. But they're all asking for apps. They're like, why? You know, they would ask me, how, how can I get this thing that I made? How can I get it to connect to my phone? Right. And I'm like, well, that's that's not an easy answer. It can be done, mm -hmm. but it's not an easy answer. Um, so there's a desire for that out there in the field. There's just not many companies that make paranormal equipment doing it. Um, so, you know, that, that's where I see it going personally and that that's why we're invested in iot is because that's where i think the next logical step is for the paranormal field yeah yeah fantastic well i i kind of hope that it does go in that direction it would be really interesting to see that progression and to to really get some some data logged more than just yeah. you know on camera yeah yeah and, and that reminds me you know one of the the other uses for the, 
the connected devices are. It's somewhat popular for some of the haunted locations to have these live streaming cameras. So people will sign on and, and just stare at these videos, hoping to see a shadow <laughs> or, or orb or something along those lines. I've done um, that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it, it would be neat to also be able to show the environmental data as well. You know, mm. so maybe an EMS spike happens the same time someone thinks they see a shadow. Right. That's interesting. So, you know, that that could be another use for, you know, these IoT type devices. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I remember actually sitting and watching the live shows of Most Haunted quite a few years ago when I was yeah. maybe 12, I think. That's, that's kind of how long I've been into the paranormal, <laughs> which probably says about, a lot about me. But um, I would watch these webcams and there were, I never saw anything happen. But who knows, maybe I blinked at the wrong time. But it would have been handy to know, you know, if there was a temperature change or like you said, if the EMF had changed or just anything other than looking at a practically blank screen. <laughs> right. Yeah, that, that would add depth to it for sure. Yeah, definitely. Well, Rob, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Uh, where can our viewers and listeners find you online? Sure, you can go to our website, www.ghostgeartech.com, and they can uh, fill out a form that will um, go directly to my inbox, and I can respond to them from there if they have any questions. Yeah. Perfect. And you can find us at the IoT Podcast on Twitter and LinkedIn. Come and join the conversation and tell us what you think of what we've talked about today. Do you believe in the paranormal? Do you love the idea of IoT being used for paranormal investigation? Just make sure that you let us know down in the comments. And if you would like to be the first to find out exclusive updates and behind the scenes info, then sign up to our newsletter to receive the member exclusive content. The link is in the comments below.